Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Coastline Covenant Podcast. We are back after a little bit of a break. Hope you enjoyed it. And we are returning with quite a big deal. This is the first of a two-week series we are starting here on the podcast called Covenant Connections, where we are connecting you with people who are involved in the Evangelical Covenant, which is our denomination. And Garrick and I start this new series with literally the highest you can go. We had a conversation a couple weeks ago with Tammy Swanson Dreheim, who is literally the president of the Covenant denomination. As you listen, I just want you to be encouraged and excited that our leader is personable, kind, compassionate, and just has such a pastoral heart. And I hope you are excited to know that every single covenant church in the world is led by Tammy and her leadership is really, really evident in this conversation. So enjoy it. We'll be back next week and then we will see you next week and every single week after that. Well, hello, welcome to a very special episode of the Coastline Covenant Podcast. I feel like I should be playing Hail to the Chief. <laughs> oh my goodness. I you feel could, like, but then I think Tammy would be embarrassed. Yeah, Probably. I just I just think about, you know, the word president. It's so loaded. It's such a big term. But I'm sitting across from the president of the Covenant denomination, Tammy Swanson Dreheim. Thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. And I'll say this I've never met a sitting president before. <laughs> but this is a lot more mellow, a lot more personable than I thought it would be. So thank you for just bringing down the, you know, veneer of what it means to be a president <laughs> for all of us. But um, I'm super excited to be here with Garrick. Hello, Garrick. How are you doing? I'm well, Hunter. Doing good. Doing well. It's a, it's a beautiful August morning here. And I have just one question to start off. This is a question my wife and I were processing this morning. Were you ever at any point in your life, ASB president, student body president? Like, is this something that, oh, Tammy, she's president again. Or or is this something that you didn't expect for your life? Uh, No, it was something I didn't expect for my life. But I was president of Covenant Women Ministries in the local church setting before I even started seminary. So how's that for interesting? That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So growing up, you were not front of the school, rah, rah, rah. What kind of student were you growing up? I mean, I was a good student, but I would have been scared to death to speak in public. I actually, I could say that through my yeah. young adulthood. So, you know, it takes a call of God and a mm-hmm. miracle to, to bring you along. But um, no, that, that would not have been who I was. I think if you were to talk to my youth pastor, I went to Peninsula Covenant Church. Okay. And Doug Stevens was my youth pastor. And sometimes it gets a little embarrassing because... I, I may not have been as closely following the Lord as mm-hmm. <laughs> many young people do. Grew up in a wonderful Christian family, but uh, that didn't come together till a little later in life. Yeah. So yeah. So you're yeah. from up north. I am. Yeah. Up north. Although I did live down here for about a dozen years. Where? Yeah. Down here. Well, all over. I started at Biola for a couple of years and I finished at Cal State Fullerton. Okay. I lived in Santa Ana, owned my first home in Brea with my husband. We met and married while I was down here. And then we moved back up to the East Bay. Wow. Yeah. So you're a California. Born and bred. I'm, I'm a California girl. I love I that. Say, you know, you can take the girl out of yeah. California, but you cannot take California out of the girl. Yeah. So, yeah. so being here at St. Andrews probably feels a little bit comfortable. You know, you see the oh. beach, it's nice and sunny. I arrived a few minutes early and I yeah. took a drive down the beach because the beach is my happy place. Oh, for sure. there you go. Yeah, that's wonderful. There yeah. you go. Do you take a drive down the lake when you're in Chicago? And um, I mean, they call it a beach. Yeah. I, I argue with them about that, but yeah. I've been there a few times. I'm not in Chicago as often as you might think because I travel a lot. And so when I'm home, sometimes the last thing I want to do is go get in all the traffic. And there's a bit of traffic in Chicago. So I I live quite a ways from the beach. Okay. At least time-wise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
So Chicago is home, but you move around a lot. You're, yes. saying you're, you're traveling a lot. And that's, I think, probably one of the things that I'd really want to hear you talk about is what mm. is the role, the duty? I think we'll definitely get into how you got here and the call of God, but you kind of mentioned it. Travel a lot, speaking a lot, but you're scared of public speaking. So well, not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> well, that's something you, you tolerate. You don't necessarily get over. You're like, well, I have to do yeah. it now anyway. So I'm wondering, what is the duty of president? Like, what do you do? Oh what goodness, is the normal? Yeah. I guess there's probably no normal week, yeah. but what is the life of Tammy like? Yeah, it, it's crazy eclectic. And I love that mm. about it. Um, but I, you know, we say president and you were going to play whatever tune you thought was appropriate. And I actually think also in the description of my role as pastor of the church, so I've always understood that to be to serve, to make sure that churches and pastors are served well so that they can flourish because it's not really about the organizational structure, right? It's about what God's doing through his church. And a lot of that's happening on the front lines of ministry and local mm-hmm. churches and our work around the globe, which is beautiful. So um, I lead the denominational team and that's uh, wonderful. Uh, you know many of the areas that we're deeply embedded in and church planting and evangelism mm-hmm. and loving mercy and doing justice. And I could go on and on and about the wonderful mission that we share together. There's so many things that I think, you know, we do better together because when you combine resources and, and work on something together, you can get a lot more done. Part of that's our work around the world. Um, I get to travel some and connect with other leaders and, mm-hmm. um, I am headed to the Congo in November, for example. A little, little nervous about that, just to be honest. I haven't been there but yet. First time. <laughs> so we'll fly into the, the major city, Kinshasa, but then take a four and a half hour flight on a small plane to Karawa, which is, you know, really a developing part of the world. So yeah. it's very interesting. At any rate, so some of it is my global work. Some of it is being out among people and trying to, help the denomination get to a good place on a number mm-hmm. of topics. And mm-hmm. so, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I kind of hope that when I leave the office of president that I'll have left it in a much better place for the person coming behind yeah. me. Yeah. Tell us a little bit, Tammy, about the team that you work with the most, maybe the executive team that you lead and the different roles that are part of that, just so people can get an understanding of a big significant part of your job is the global initiatives, but also connecting with local churches. Um, yeah. I know you do lots of travel, but on kind of the day-to-day, what's the team that you spend a lot of time with? Um, and what are some of the roles on that team? Just to help our people understand a little bit of what that that shepherding the p- churches, how, how does that flow out of kind yeah. of your day-to-day? Wow. Well, um, because I am a part of numerous teams. So there's the denominational team, which would be our executives at the denominational level, executive ministers of the mission priorities, vice presidents, et cetera. Um, that would be one team that mm-hmm. I, you know, am with regularly. The Council of Superintendents who are responsible for the 11 regions. And that's, you know, the role I was in prior to this role. Yeah. Are a very important group of people. Yep. Um, I'm on probably 50 boards. <laughs> I don't get to all of them, but, <laughs> you know, I go to those things that are really important. I, I'm part of the Mosaic Commission, and that's a really significant and important part of who we are as a church, our mm-hmm. diversity. Um 
I'm on most search teams for executive level jobs. And I mean, I could go on and on, but each of those are always in service to the local church. So as a superintendent, I can tell you that I always saw my job as how do I come alongside churches to provide resources, to help them to flourish? And how do I come alongside pastors that they could be healthy and, you know, pursuing God's mission. And that's, you know, just follows you into the presidency, but you have, additional layers that you're working with in order to, to see that happen. So, of course, of yeah. course. So you say 50 boards, but then that makes my head spin. Yeah. What in your kind of pastoral heartbeat, what are you the most passionate about? You know, I've always been the most passionate about seeing people come to Christ. Um, and I think today in particular, I'm very uh, concerned about discipleship. Mm-hmm especially as I look at the landscape for many of our youth in the world that they're growing up in. And I'd like to think that we can focus some energy around that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think it's really tough. We all know the kind of shifts that have happened in the landscape in terms of being a kind of a post-Christian culture at this point. Um, so church planting is even more challenging and we're looking at different models and that's exciting. I think, you know, God's at work and it's just a matter of us seeing what new thing is springing up and joining them in that. But uh, it's, it's a lot of conversation. It's a lot of figuring things out right now. And I, I think we're in a good place because that's kind of what the local church is trying to do right now yeah. too, post COVID and in this environment, you know, church after church seeking to figure out, well, well, what does church look like now? Right. Mm-hmm. Any mm-hmm. of that true here? Yeah, it's really true. <laughs> what is church? Very like true. Yeah, yeah. It's a question we banter about a lot. Here yeah, it is I, true. Yeah. So I, I really think God's doing a new thing. I, I feel completely confident in his work that his kingdom work is going to continue and it will flourish. And I just want to make sure we're a part of that. And, yeah. you know, every good way. That's beautiful. Yeah. That's yep. beautiful. Okay. So let's, let's go back. Let's, let's peel the page back a little bit. You are now president. What was your life like 25 years ago? How do we get here? How do you get to this position you're in now? Wow. 25 years ago. Oh my goodness. Or even just your, I'm Tammy, I'm interested (laughs) in, you had mentioned earlier that you were part of Peninsula Covenant growing up in youth ministry. I'm interested, and maybe you were going to start here, but I'm interested in kind of your personal call into Ah. the pastorate and into vocational ministry, what that looked like for you that set the whole trajectory of why we're kind of sitting here now. Which was 25 years ago. Oh, okay. So you were there. Yeah. There's actually a very significant date for me in September of 1992, because as I explained, I wasn't, you know, perhaps following the Lord as closely as a Christ follower should be following the Lord. So we'll just leave it at that. (laughs) Progressive sanctification. (laughs) Progressive sanctification. (laughs) We love it. (laughs) It it took kind of a a catapulting leap in 1992. Awesome. Um, I'd gone to, because I'd grown up in the church, I went to uh, Covenant um, Women's Retreat at Mission Springs, California, which was, you know, my camp growing up. And my mom had invited me, and I love my mom, and so I felt comfortable, you know, yeah, I've been around church all my life, and though I wasn't attending at the time, I'm, I'm going to go with my mom to camp, right? Because uh, she's fun to hang out with. So I went without any expectation, of course, but if you've been to Mission Springs, you know that when you go into Mission Springs, a place that's been prayed over, that's really holy ground for so many, with those huge redwoods that are dwarfing everything, um, it would be difficult not to feel the presence of God Mm -hmm. in that place. 
So I wasn't expecting that, though. So uh, I came back from that experience. I would not be able to tell you what happened there other than I think in walking among the redwoods for the first time in a long time, I really was sensing the presence of God and talking with him, something I hadn't done a lot of recently. Um, went home, and I could not put down the scripture. I just I um, stayed up into the wee hours of the night reading and hearing from God. Like the words were jumping off the page. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. And I was journaling, and I started right away going to the local church, the Covenant Church, of course. That's the church I'd grown up in, so that's what I knew. And um, joined Bible studies, community Bible studies, women's Bibles. You know, I just did everything I could. I wanted so desperately to be mm. a part of um, what God was doing and, and my disciples asked someone to mentor me. Oh, my goodness. So I tie my first call, really, because I believe everyone who is a Christ follower is called to ministry. Mm-hmm. And that line between vocational and you know, sometimes that gets a little bit hyped up. right? Yep. So I was at this church. I had invited someone over for lunch because I was just dying to, you know, make Christian <laughs> friends. Someone who had young kids like we did. And I invited them over and I turned the corner at church and they were having a conversation with some other women. And it was, um, you know, not flattering towards me. Oh, wow. And I left. I was just crushed. And I will remember the ride home from church that day like it's yesterday. I'm in the riding home and um, I'm you know tearful and I really heard the voice of God not audibly but mm-hmm. that he nudges us that um, I could either feel sorry for myself or I could make sure that no one ever felt that way coming mm. through the doors of the church again wow. and I heard I mean I understood that God was commissioning me in that moment I wouldn't use those words But um, the end result of that was I went back to church. I was determined to meet people. I got to know people. I introduced myself. If anyone new came in the door, we'd invite them over and try it. So from that just sprung kind of uh, a trajectory that I wouldn't have anticipated. But I see that as my first call to ministry, really. Mm. No one other than God gave me that call, but um, it ended up landing me in a place where I had lots of opportunity after that. Yeah. I, Tammy, I love that story in the sense of each one of us always has the choice and the decision to make with the Holy Spirit of when things don't go our way and things are really hard, we can back away and then kind of be the victim and church is no longer for me because it's filled with a bunch of critical people. Or you can look at it with the vision that you see in scripture of what the church is supposed to be and set your mind toward not what is, but what could be. And I think that is really important for everybody who's a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because every church we're going to walk into, including Coastline, is going to have all kinds of problems and not going to do everything perfectly. And it's filled with imperfect people doing imperfect things. (laughs) And yet we keep that vision in front of us that the call isn't like, oh, no, the church isn't what I want it to be, but more of, yeah, but what could it be in my tenure here with Christ and the Holy Spirit? So I just wanted to highlight that. I love that story. And I, and I think that it, it, it gets at the underneath attitude of what it means to be a follower of Christ in, in some very difficult, you know, interpersonal relationship situations, which I think many people can relate to. Cause if I think we learned anything in COVID interpersonal relationships got much more tricky across the church, across families, across friendships. So I love that story. 
Well, it wasn't the last one like that, as you can imagine. <laughs> Wait, I thought you eradicated all criticism from the great. church, Tammy. Yes. No, no. Wouldn't that be yeah, a beautiful thing? But I, I, I will say, too, that um, it was during that period of time when my pastor asked me to give a testimony in church. And as I said, I really did not speak in public at all. And I remember sitting in the front pew. I, I just, I was going to say yes to Jesus. I didn't care what he asked me to do. If I knew the invitation was from Jesus and I was going to have an opportunity to brag on him. So I'm sitting, I remember sitting in the front seat, a front chair row, whatever. And uh, I'm, I'm about to get up and I just prayed silently. Like, Lord, I don't know what I'm doing. I really don't. This is crazy. But I love you and I'll do anything you ask me to do. And um, I'm going to get up and I'm going to proclaim your name and I'm going to talk about your goodness to me and in my life. And I refuse to sit down and criticize myself. And, you know, this is going to be an act of worship. And that kind of was my, you know, theme going forward. Just keep saying yes to Jesus and everything he invites you to do. But to sit down, and I did. I sat down. I'm sure it was probably, you know, first time speaking like that. It probably wasn't great, but God uses things that aren't great. So Amen. I, I sat down, and I refused to criticize myself. I just put it behind me and went, well, I hope that blessed someone. You know, yeah. That was my, yeah. my hope. I love that. I'm sitting down and refusing to criticize yourself. Well, it's also beautiful. Like the catalyst of that moment was criticism, an unflattering comment from somebody else. And instead of engaging with that and meeting that person where they're at, you decided to go the other way, which I think is really beautiful. As you know, president, is it hard to continue that vision and that mission of not wanting people to feel that way in church? Oh, I definitely don't want people to feel that way in church because I went on, you know, eventually I was president of Covenant Women in my church and my whole idea was, well, how can we reach women who aren't here now? You know, Mm -hmm. it's great. We have this group of women that are here, but, you know, we've got a bigger purpose. So that's always been my, and and because, you know, I had um, not walked with Jesus my whole life, Mm -hmm. um, I understood that when God called me back that, you know, there was no one I would ever encounter that God doesn't love and want to have a relationship with. So regardless of what lifestyle, regardless of who they were, I just believe that to my core. Yeah. So as pastors, Garrick and I think we can attest, you know, a big part of it is outpouring, but a lot of it's taking in from the spirit and your life. And so what do you do to receive and going out, traveling all the time, but when it's you and you have a quiet time, you have a devotion or or how how do you get your batteries recharged spiritually? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Probably in a number of ways. I mean, I do scripture is huge for me. So, um, I love reading scripture and God speaks to me through scripture and I'm always I never stop being amazed sometimes, especially if I'm in conversation with God and I have a question. (laughs) And then for the next week or month, that question keeps getting answered over and over. And um, so scripture is, is, you know, really significant for me. I also really enjoy being around other people. I love worshiping in different places. I feel at home. This Mm. is my family. You two are my family, my brothers in Christ. I feel that everywhere I go. And so, um, you know, worshiping. I get fed. I'm, I'm going to get fed whoever's preaching this morning. You know, normally when I go to a church, it's me who's preaching. Wow. So when I'm not preaching, I'm going to just, you know, sit back and listen and be fed. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I think being in conversation with God throughout the day is really important to me. Um, more so than, 
you know, spending three hours on my knees. I'd, I'd love to say I'm that kind of a faithful person, mm-hmm. but I believe deeply in prayer. And um, so it's ongoing conversation all day long. Sometimes if you're in my home, I live by myself. <laughs> it's out loud a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just talking to God. Yeah. What a blessing though, <laughs> right? In some ways, just to be able to belt it out loud, right? Uh, you don't have to go find a quiet corner, Tammy. <laughs> I used to do it in my car all the time. Yeah. And I just assume people probably think I'm singing or something, mm-hmm. but I'd just mm-hmm. be talking to God out loud. And mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why Garrick's door is shut all the time. He's just praying constantly. <laughs> <laughs> or just trying to drown out the people yeah, so I just don't go us. and engage uh, them and get yeah, something yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. But Tammy, I did want to highlight one of the things that I really appreciated from your address at Midwinter. It was very clear. I mean, the president before you, John, carried this real deep, rich desire for prayer in the Holy Spirit. And I was excited to hear that from you, knowing that whatever the way forward is for the covenant, it's going to include prayer and that we're in a season where I think you in your address highlighted the importance, uh, the necessity and the power of prayer to where, to what the denomination is facing, just with trying to reach people for Christ in a, in a growing post-Christian context. Um, and I, I, I just appreciated that um, value and heartbeat that you're carrying forward for the church. Cause I think it's easy for us to forget that. Or um, I always say like prayer is just like, it's when we were all in seminary prayer was assumed, but nobody really talked about it and addressed it and just assumed everybody was doing it. Or it was a project. Yeah. Yeah. And so it just didn't, a lot of it, I think didn't happen in a very healthy manner. So I I just wanted to highlight for everybody listening, your heartbeat that came through in your address of wherever we go, we're going to do it in and through prayer was uh, right on and, and so appreciated. And I felt like it gave me a little insight into knowing you and what you care about and I want our people to know that you deeply care about prayer as you, you know, walk with all of the other leaders and thinking with the Holy Spirit and discerning together, Lord, where do we go from here? Yep. And, you know, it's interesting because, as you know, we're in very polarized times. It's just unfortunate. And polarization that's out in the culture can creep into the church and does. And so I've seen that in a number of places and, and felt and experienced that. And I, I do think that prayer centers us back on Jesus. And it's a little difficult when people are arguing with each other to turn our attention to Jesus in prayer together and still have that same kind of mm-hmm. uh, ornery approach with each other. How's that? <laughs> uh, but also, I think there are some things that we're just not going to be able to solve in our own, on our own, you know, wonderful thinking, whatever it is, <laughs> the strategies we've employed, whatever, yeah. that have not worked and so we actually need a miraculous breakthrough. Yeah. Um, and I believe prayer is the place to start for that. And I believe God is going to, you know, be with us as a church, as he's with you as, as coastline. Um, but, uh, you know, he's got his own sense of timing. Mm-hmm. But I completely trust him. And mm-hmm. um, I just, so yeah, prayer is huge. Mm-hmm. huge. What a wonderful like, and pastoral answer too. And I think that's something that I have been really encouraged by in this conversation of like, it's not diplomatic, right? Like, it's not like, well, here's how we're going to deal with the polarization. And here's something that I want to implement. But you're just like, maybe I'm not the expert, but Jesus is. And we're going to go to 
the spirit and pray. And I, I think that is beautiful because in this polarizing time, you just want answers so quickly. And the answer is usually, I want the other person to be wrong and I want to be right. Oh yeah. And then to hear you say what you just said, I think is really encouraging and it's exciting to be part of a denomination where that is the heartbeat. You know, that is like literally the horse's mouth saying, here's where we're going. But what else gets you excited about the covenant as you look towards the rest of this year and maybe into next year? What really gets you excited about the ECC? Yeah, well, I do think these are kind of fresh times to look at our mission and how we accomplish it. I don't think our mission is changing. Our mission is gold. You know, Mm -hmm. we're going to follow God into the world and to see new people in new places, get to know Jesus. Um, But how we go about that work, I think, is shifting. So I think there's a lot of room to experiment and to try new things. And I, I don't know what all God has in store for us down the pike, but I'm really excited to be a part of finding that. I'm a very collaborative leader. So for those who are sort of what I think of as in leadership roles or stakeholders, I enjoy working with them and praying together towards what it is that God's doing as opposed to me sitting in a closet and coming out with some plan that everybody's going to get in line with. Like that's just never worked. Mm -hmm. So my MO has always been to start with prayer and to invite people into a process and, you know, together we figure out where it is God's taking us. Mm -hmm. This year has been kind of busy with a few things because I, as I started out, prayer was a huge priority for me. And so We did um, call the church to prayer in a lot of ways and uh, have really upped the temperature with prayer in in so many ways. Um, But also we were in the middle of facing a reorganization, which has now been approved, and we'll be working on that for the next period of time. Um, And then also the motion that was given at the 2022 annual meeting, I needed to give time and attention to that as well. So those things have taken a lot of time, and I'm looking forward to not having human sexuality be the topic of every discussion moving forward. I just, um, it's an important topic. There's no question. This is people that many of us know and love, but uh, it has taken a inordinate amount of space in our fellowship. So I would like us to... Yeah, be thinking about mission and how do we pursue Jesus and pursue his mission in this world. (laughs) I promise I'll keep this short after the statement you made, but for those that haven't been following closely, could you give just kind of a very quick 30-second recap of where we are with that human sexuality piece within the ECC? Wow, 30-second recap. Okay, maybe a minute. The position (laughs) is, uh, you know... We're holding and affirming our position. We're holding and affirming our position. So... I, you know, kind of created a a four um, fold framework to look at this through and to kind of identify where I think the work needs to happen. The position is solid. The policies, you know, they really emerge from decisions made at the annual meeting. And so um, I don't feel like in this environment, it would be fruitful to even try and do something different with the policies. Um, But then there's the posture that we have towards one another. There's, you know, figuring out how to walk with people who don't agree with us in a variety of areas. I mean, we have got to look different than the world around us in this way because we already see all the polarization happening out there. So how can we disagree with people and not be disagreeable? How can we, you know, walk hand in hand with people that we might not agree with? Um, And then there's the process, which I think is not helpful for us as a church. And I, you know, I'm just kind of gingerly putting my toes in the water, uh, worked with the ministerium executive committee to come up with a proposal to remove the, what feels like trials 
mm-hmm. uh, out of that meeting. I don't know yet for the annual meeting what that will look like, but I don't think it's helpful to yeah. have those. Some people think of it as, well, we're kicking a church out. I would say, I think the annual meeting made a decision that we could do life together more effectively apart than together, kind yeah. of like the John, Mark, and Paul decision. Yeah. Just it, it, it was too fracturing to our fellowship to, yep. to try to do it together. So I, I said, we don't need to look at someone else and say, well, you're not safe. That's not the case at all. It's just, yeah. I think at this time, we're more effective being yep. apart. Than Thank you for jumping into that. I think I wanted the coastliners just to hear that our theological position on human sexuality is has been set. It's not in jeopardy. It's not changing. And Tammy, where you're coming in is to really help us think about our posture and our process together. Cause I think that's where there's been a lot of difficulty or tension. And I love that you're focusing us there to think about how do we, uh, uh, work together. And even when there's different convictions, how, how do we posture ourselves well as followers of Christ together? Then also thinking about process that we don't need to get into, but I, I know what's happening and I think it's a, it's a, it's the the right and necessary move that needs to happen in order for us to not get sidetracked. But like you said, really focus in on our mission. So thank you so much for allowing me to take a few minutes. I just felt that was important. I wanted to clarify for some people. Um, but like you, I want to then now talk about, okay, mission. So do you, do you have, as, as you are a collaborative leader and you're praying and talking with uh, other leaders within our denomination, do you get a semblance of yet, maybe you don't and that's fine, but do you, do you have a little bit of a vision of some of maybe the mission focuses and priorities that might come out in the next year or two as a result of the collaboration that's happening in the last year? Yeah, I think um, that would be difficult for me to answer right now. I could, you know, from my perspective, because of how hard we've been working on some of these other issues or or topics and some leadership shifts that are happening. And, um, you know, I, again, just feel like discipleship is really important that Right now, um, we have got to do a better job of discipling our people because if we don't, <laughs> they're going to be discipled by the world. Yes. And so, what does that look like? You probably do a fantastic job of that here. Um, but, you know, our kids, our youth in particular, are growing up in such different times than, you know, when I grew up. And so, how we do that is really, really important. Um, I also think how we're going to continue to reach people for Christ, which a a lot of that has been through church planting and and even our global, um, you know, ministries. But uh, how are we going to continue to hold that up as, Mm -hmm. you know, what's really important to us Mm. and doing that within the context of being, you know, people who are full of compassion. And one of the things I love about the covenant is that, you know, evangelism and compassion go hand in hand in in our work. And so, um, yeah, I can't tell you specifically, but there's a lot of that happening already because mm-hmm. we've had these five mission priorities and we're still going strong. We've had some wonderful conversations, what I call blue sky conversations about church planting, where we go from here, even some around um, theological education and what it means for pastors because People aren't uprooting and going to North Park Seminary for three years at a time. Yeah, like, this is yeah not those days practical. kind of done, right? Those days are done. Yeah. So there are some new and innovative ways that we're looking at. And so, yeah, a lot of, there's a lot of things and that I'm yeah. excited about. Yeah, it seems like the future is really bright. There's a lot to be excited about, a lot to be hopeful for. Yeah. It uh, looks like church is going to be starting here soon. So we will uh, land the plane. Thank you so much 
for taking the time, Tammy, to talk with us. Uh, and my last question is, what's one thing you want to say to not specifically Coastline, but to the local church as the president, the, the pastor of the local church, what is your pastoral message for us as we do ministry in 2023? Hmm. Wow. I don't think I've ever been asked that question before, even though I might preach quite a bit, but you know, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think it would be to lean in and to, um, enjoy the diversity that we share. Now that might not be true in each individual church, uh, depending on the context that people are in, but together as a denomination, we have really passed that threshold where we are really a diverse church, which is both messy, but beautiful. I think it's such a great reflection of the kingdom of heaven. So, um, you know, lean in, try new things, experiment anything um, that you can to uh, exhibit the love of God for the people around you. Be, be a light on the city and a hill in your city. And uh, so dig in, um, you know, find ways to make a difference so that when, uh, if, if your church should fold up shop, people would say, where did the church go? And I know you're doing some of that work here because I know you're involved in helping to feed the homeless and so forth. But um yeah, I, I, I would just say carry on with mission and trust God. I think, you know, one of the things I've learned over time about um, as a leader is the reason I am usually not anxious, and I say usually because it happens <laughs> once in a while, but um, it's because I actually really do trust God for the outcomes. I know there are going to be curveballs that come, right? Mm -hmm. But I do trust God for the, for the outcomes those are really his responsibility. It's just my job to be faithful. So I would say to churches, be faithful, trust God for the outcomes. You know, the mission you have, pursue it with all your heart and soul. <laughs> and yeah, that's probably what I'd say. Amen. Amen. That's a good word to end on Garrick. It is. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, Tammy, this has been such an honor, such a blessing and welcome to coastline. We're excited to have you here today. And I really hope you're excited for tacos. <laughs> I hope so. Our people are excited to eat tacos with President Tammy. Oh, they that's are. Funny. They are indeed. Well, that's that's it. We'll wrap up with the catchphrase we do. Garrick, do you want to you want to do the honors of the catchphrase? Uh, now I feel the pressure's on. I know. We will see you next week, and every week after that. There you go. Thanks, there it Garrick. Is.